What's going on, everybody? Happy holidays. And if you're listening to this podcast after the New Year's, Happy New Year. And just know that nothing's changing. It's going to be the same old bullshit that you've been dealing with for years. Oh, you, you thought you were going to learn Spanish this offseason? 2024 is the year I'm learning Spanish. It's not going to happen, Tim. It's not going to happen. You said that during the pandemic. Welcome to the chatter, everyone. Chuck and Houdini with you. I mean, the ADD's gotten so bad at this point, at this time of the night, Houdini, that I can't even get through an intro without weaving in some BS. How are we? That's what the people love, man. That's what the people love. And, and you're right. The new It's New Year, they say it, the cliche, New Year, same bullshit. Tim, you know, my dad, he's not learning Spanish. Hopefully he doesn't try to pick up another instrument. There's barely enough room with his banjo, his piano, his guitar, his flute. The, the number of instruments that he has planned or claimed he will learn in the new year. So just, guys, just go into 2024. Don't lie to yourselves. Okay, that's the new year's resolution. Don't lie to yourself. How about that? Just go in with an open mind. And our mind has definitely been opened up when it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we didn't have an open mind at first. We buried them. It, I, we were as closed-minded as it got. We thought it was done. You and I. We apologize, Jake Browning. We did not have faith. We do now. Cincinnati's won three in a row. They're eight and six. Um, let's talk about the Steelers in a second. But since we haven't talked since Sunday, let's break down one of the most wild wins we've seen in a long time against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, hell yeah. I was there till the end. I can't say I was uh, extremely confident. I mean, hell, even the uh, when we got stuffed on, what, first and goal at like the one, like three consecutive times in Mixon, beat out our boy Pace, kind of trucked him at the two or three yard line to get in there. I, I was like, I, I was losing faith quickly. And I mean, the it was legit. I know it's hard to tell from being at the game. I'm staring at the, the jumbotron though half the time. It was legitimately like a centimeter they needed to get on two consecutive plays, and could not. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They put like a a guy my size in the backfield to help like try to tush push Nick Mullins across the the centimeter line and couldn't do it. It was. Um, I thought it was over at that point for sure. Um, and then T Higgins. I've never seen. I've never seen a catch like that. I don't think I've seen somebody like Pirouette blindly and throw the ball as a first down. It was it was insane. The, the stadium was going nuts um, all around. We're, we're alive. Now they enter Pittsburgh. They fell to the Steelers to start the Jake Browning era. And we said it's over. We buried this team. Pittsburgh won 16-10. The offense was anemic. Bengals have looked so good the last three weeks. They are minus two at Heinz Field. You don't see that often. Now, the Bengals have won two in a row at Heinz. First time they've won two in a row since 05-06. If you want to talk first time three in a row, I mean, shoot. We, we probably wouldn't have been alive, Houdini. You can't lose this one. Yeah, and I mean, Mitch Trubisky stinks. It looks like he's not going to be playing. We got Mason Rudolph. If we win against the Steelers, our odds go up immensely. And we're in really good shape, and it might come down to, like I had predicted Jake Browning and Joe Flacco against the Cleveland Browns wow. to figure out who's going to the playoffs. And I think it's going to be the, the who days. Which shit, we can beat the, the Chiefs are imploding. We got Travis Kelsey. He's losing his mind. He's mooning the, the, the stands because people are ripping on him for Taylor Swift. We got Mahomes crying like a, a baby back bitch all day. Um, 
the, the Chiefs, what's Kadarius Tony doesn't know how to stay on sides. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm more worried about Joe Flacco than the Kansas City Chiefs. Somebody's going to take a, a sound bite of that when we lose to the Chiefs by like 60 and uh, end this podcast. But for now, end Chiefs it. Are not- oh, there's no such thing as bad publicity, baby. We want that all over the internet. Kansas City, bring your smoke, baby. Bring your smoke because you're right. Their uh, wide receiver room is lacking, to say the least. Tyreek Hill letting him go. Not the wisest move there, but hey, they, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions and they took out Cincinnati last year, so I really can't talk. But Bengals, Steelers, Sunday, it's huge, to say the least. Speaking of big, the San Antonio Spurs had a pretty huge losing streak. It was 18 games, snapped it last weekend. How about that? 18-game losing streak. I was all aboard the Wemby train, still all aboard. He's averaging 19-11. He's having a hell of a rookie year. But he's not having that LeBron James effect where he comes in and right away turns the worst team in basketball into respectable. They're awful. And they started off 3-1, and one, and I thought they had themselves a team, and they lost 18 in a row. Your overall thoughts on the NBA? From a losing streak standpoint, I think the Detroit Pistons are at like 24 games in a row. That's pretty tough to do. If you, you know, just as a grown-ass man, like if I just... 24 days in a row at the office that I lost every single day. It'd be tough to get up that 25th day. So that's probably the biggest story for me right now. I keep checking the box score like they got to win one of these games. And I don't hate the idea of money lining the Detroit Pistons moving forward. Until they win. They're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting close. Cade Cunningham or, I mean, I guess you could do the reverse and just take the money line against them and you'd probably be up a significant amount of money. But we missed the train there. So let's get on the Detroit Pistons moving forward. Cade Cunningham, they got some they got some guys. They got they got Marvin Bagley, just for people who don't know. Wiseman, they've got uh Jaden Ivey from Purdue. They got a long list of guys that went top 10 that just can't figure it the hell out. So we are Detroit Pistons if we talk about the NBA again for the rest of the year, which I guess we might when the finals roll around. Um we're a Detroit Pistons podcast. I want to lose the listeners. All right. Listener questions. This one comes in from John in Deer Park. John in Deer Park. He says, uh, how many beers at significant others' family dinners are acceptable? Houdini, take the floor. So this would be essentially at what? Girlfriend, boyfriends, husband, wife's, at, at their family party, either at the house or, I guess, at a restaurant. Okay. Um. I know I saw this question and, and thinking about it. I think the answer, I mean, obviously you got to read the room, right? If, if nobody's boozing, you, you get zero. You're doing iced tea, right? If everyone's drinking, you have to, I don't even care if you don't drink. You've never touched a sip of alcohol. You got to get yourself a, a beverage of some sort, okay? You got to play ball with the people. If you're, you know, a recovering alcoholic, and if you get one ounce of alcohol in your body, you're going to go down a bad path. Definitely stay away from it, okay? Don't take my advice there. But I'm just saying in general, probably grab a drink if everyone else is. If you go to, like, if you're ordering, like, eight beers at a at your girlfriend's family party, there's going to be a red flag, right? And everyone has had, like, two. You're like, we'll do another one. <laughs> yeah, I'll do another Jack and Coke, please. Um, but then again, I was thinking, could it be the theory where 
you get tanked. You you get like blackout drunk. You cause a scene. You get wheeled out of that place by like the the general manager has to take you out. And then every date going forward, every family party, they're like, and you don't do that. They're like, God, this guy's really putting it together. He's cleaning his act up. He's really putting one foot in front of the other, and he's he's settling himself down. So then it's kind of one of those theories where people say, do you want to get fat for your wedding pictures or get you know out of shape for your wedding pictures? So when you look back at it, they go, wow, you really got in shape after that. You look great now. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? What, what's the Is there a magic number for this? I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to give me answers, and we'll go from there. Are we dating or married? We're dating. We're dating. Um, over under is set at four and a half. How long have we been dating for? Six months. Six months. You don't see that- the family often, though. You don't see the family often. I mean, it's it's you've seen them a couple of times. They know you, but they don't know you too well. I'd say the over under four and a half. Uh, the over after six months. Before six months, I'd say four. I'd say four is a fair number. Dinner's not that long. You know, you have four. They may look at you and say, wow, he just pounded four Fosters, four 20-ounce Fosters in a what hour if it's and a half Tuesday? dinner. What if it's a Tuesday night? You still ripping uh, four of them down? It's Tuesday uh, at 730? Three and a half. Let's go three and a half. I think that's the, the most fair number you can have is three and a half. Over, if you've been dating for a long time or married, you know the family well, under three and a half. So either one, two, or three if it's anything before six months. I feel like that's a fair rule. Listener question. This one is from Willie. Willie in Montgomery. Willie in Montgomery says, Chuck, you've been all over the place. Give me your four-year synopsis from COVID to now. Thank you, Willie. Houdini, I I could give you the floor. You could explain it, right? You know what I've been doing the last five years. It's not confusing at all. I I need a map. I need a, I don't know, somebody to decipher all the bullshit that you've been doing. You've been all over the place. I don't. I have no idea. Honestly, this is like one of those where you're like back in the day, my mom would ask me like, it'll be my best friend. She'd be like, oh, what is, uh, you know, what are they, what are they up to now? What do they do for a living? I'd be like, I, I honestly, I never even asked them. I have no idea what the fuck he does. I've been hanging out with him for the last, you know, three years. I have no idea what he does. Don't know how his family is zero so yeah for you i really have no i know you were out in san fran chicago you were in bama san fran chicago dotham alabama again dotham Um, dotham dotham you did a a skating video with a sonic guy i know that's a big one let's let's answer willie's question and Willie's a real person, by the way, everyone. I didn't completely make this up as a reason to get into a therapy session talking about my work. <laughs> Anyways, we start off in Lexington. Kylan gets the job out in San Francisco. Yes, my wife, to start it off, for those of you that don't know. And I follow her out there with nothing, with nothing. Um, a house to move into, a couple of dogs, no leads, nothing. I actually reached out to you, Houdini, when I first moved out there. And I said, let's, let's go out there. Let's start the chatter up again. Let's um, let's go full John Boy, whatever. Just create content nonstop in a great place. You'll be good. And you texted me back. You're like, I'm not going to quit my job to move out there and do the chatter, you fucking idiot. Um, all these years later, Houdini, that, that was probably a wise decision on your part. Although we made it work. 
We did. I mean, that just gives you a glimpse as a, as a listener. Chuck moves to California because his wife was moving there is essentially why. And then he tells me, hey, why don't you just move to California for the fuck of it for no reason whatsoever? <laughs> and, uh, and, and just drop your job and, and do the podcast, which we do pro bono, mind you. Um, with really no leads of actually making real money anytime soon, which, you know, now that we're millionaires with this show, Chuck, maybe I should have done it back then. Maybe I should yeah. have just taken the, the the leap of faith with you. You're right. I don't know what you're thinking. The sponsorship money rolling in like crazy. Podbean has called it a podcast with its finger on the pulse of American culture. So we're doing what we can. But yeah, that was... Um, that was that was that moment where you know you're on the plane ride out there, or in this case, U-Haul ride with a flat tire in Las Vegas, Nevada, as you made a little detour with all your stuff in the back of the U-Haul. That's where you're just thinking to yourself, "All right, how are we going to do this?" You know, the world is my oyster, brand new place, beautiful California. My buddy Houdini has some talent. Let's get him out here somehow and create content. And and that probably would have been horrible. You'd probably be on the streets of San Francisco, realistically. You would have had too much fun. I know you. You would have had fun in San Francisco. You wouldn't have had the job. And uh, I don't think you would have gone the same route that, that I did once I get into this story. But uh, any questions before I move forward? Yeah, I mean, just first off, if we're going to go somewhere to create content, I don't know why we'd pick, like, quite possibly the most expensive place on goddamn earth. But, yeah, <laughs> I digress. Go ahead. But you're in that purgatory where you obviously want to be in sports broadcasting, so you're not going after like a marketing job or PR or anything like that to where you have to go through training and learn a brand new career, whatever it may be. It's like, all right, I just want something to make me a few bucks that keeps me out of trouble, so I'll get a job at Dick's. So I sold shoes at Dick's. It was me and a bunch of like 16-year-olds. I'm not kidding you. I was like 27 or 28 at the time and was there for one month. Like around Black Friday, end of the holiday season. It was just like a holiday job. They let me go. They're like, yeah, we don't have hours for you after the holidays. I'm like, one, I don't care. Like, I, I don't want to work here you any got, longer. You B, B, you canned me instead of like the 16-year-old. We're making the same amount of money. Like, just a, a humbling experience to say the least. Um, but I was good at it, man. And, and now that I'm in sales, like, th that's how I kind of realized, like, this is what I would want to do. Like, some form of sales. It's very easy to talk to people. And those 16 year olds, it wasn't easy for them. They'd be hiding in the back. I'm like, come on, there's 15 people out here, holiday rush, trying to get their shoes, go talk to them. And they were just, they were scared little kids. And that's who I was working with. Um, interesting to say the least. I could see you being good at that. I could see you being good at that. And you'd be the guy cause Dick's always had like a little track in the back. I could see you when somebody's trying on a pair of shoes, you go, no, I love these shoes. Like watch, watch this. And you try them on and you start sprinting around doing high <laughs> knees on the track. I could see this. So yeah, go ahead. It was supposed to be for like two weeks and it turned into a month, but it was just supposed to be until something came about. I had faith, but the issue was there were no sports, right? It was COVID. Everything was shut down. Then I was like, all right, well, if sports aren't coming back and if this industry's dead, I need to find something that I like to do right now until I can fully figure it out. So I go, I love working out. So I got my certification. Very easy, by the way. If I mean, if you exercise a little bit, you know what muscle groups are and anatomy, you're good to go. Got the old certification. 
Got a job at Orange Theory, America's favorite gym. That's where I was killed Gloria, remember? On the, the Gloria and George episode, the 90-year-old. The she had the heat stroke with me at the helm. So I did that for about six months. There was one point during that frame where I had three jobs. So I'm doing this gig. I also had a radio gig at that point and then was traveling 90 minutes to Sacramento for CBS up there. So doing these three things all at once. Dix is out of the picture at this point. But I'm, you know, waking up doing the 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Orange Theory, which was brutal. You're waking up at 4.30 to teach a workout class. Then it was four hours of radio. Then it was driving an hour and a half up to Sacramento. It was, you hear about those football players all the time that are like, I had to sleep in my car. I worked six shit. Like, that was me. My last day of Orange Theory was actually the day of one of my buddy's bachelor parties. It was like 4.15 in the morning and my alarm went off and I was just complaining, screaming in the other room. Why am I doing this? Like, I don't want to do this. I have a plane to go down to Tampa for a bachelor party in five hours. This was a low character move. It was my last day at Orange Theory, my last day. People were relying on me. It was a push day, you know? It was push on that treadmill. They needed me. They needed me. And I literally blocked every single coach's number snoozed my phone and went back to bed for three hours i'll never know what happened that day at the orange theory but that's that's what i did in that situation my wife was fully by it she fully supported it she's like why don't you just not go it's your last day people have have missed work before like they'll figure it out the the person that's working the front desk will teach the class everyone will survive like don't ruin your bachelor party just oh, don't go God. so i didn't go how about so you that were the asshole you were the asshole that was like, you know, the the day before, like, like doing a quick pump on the bike, like, don't miss, don't miss me tomorrow morning. Five a.m. is where we're gonna start class. Five a.m. Chuck will be there to get your pump on, and then your jackass self just snooze the alarm. Why not pre-plan this, Chuck? I said bye to everyone like two days beforehand on the Wednesday. It was supposed to be my last shift. And then a coach, like, Thursday morning is like, hey, we're desperate, just need you to teach the 5 a.m. class. And I've been getting looped into the 5 a.m. for a long time and had to do that drive to Sacramento later in the day. It was a lot of oh, just – atrocious. It was, it was very difficult. I would difficult. never do it. You know, I try to be the bigger man than that at all times in life, but I knew that was the end of my well, fitness career. Honestly, I knew it was done. Probably I, I, might have killed somebody, though. Yeah. So maybe it was good. You never show. Gloria could have been at the class. Yeah, no, Gloria could have been at the class. You could have heard it was my last one and been like, I'm going to show up. And that could have been the end of Gloria. So, yeah, we did the wise thing there. But anyways, the Sacramento drive uh, was still terrible despite not having Orange Theory anymore. I'm two days away, literally two days away. I got the paperwork from accepting a sales job. And CBS in San Francisco calls me. They had randomly seen me on the the sister station airwaves in Sacramento, their sports director of about 20 years just like disappeared. Still, I mean, never came back, at least on the airwaves. He's alive. Just never came back on the airwaves. Just disappeared. And they brought me in to fill in. I did that for two years. And it was cushy, man. Cushy job. Producers, a lot of airtime, post-game after big-time sporting events. Your worst day on the job was like driving to Berkeley and covering a, a Cal men's basketball practice um, because they stunk. But that's like your worst day on the job. Great people I worked with, funny, um, great sports department, five TVs in there. We were gambling all the time on these games. Like just a, a cushy job that I could have easily done throughout my entire 30s. And um, it was great. 
The worst part about all of this, the news director that brought me in there, took the chance on me, believed in me, saw me on the Sacramento Sportscast, brought me into San Francisco and said, you're a, you're a rising star, young man. He leaves for a different job. I'm not under contract, which typically, you know, you are in these positions, but because of the situation where the guy just kind of disappeared and I just kind of slid in the back door, I'm not under contract. So half of me saying like, all right, I'm not going to bring this up. I'm just going to get as many shifts as I can. I'm going to collect this paycheck, which was which was nice. They finally decide to post the job two years in. To, to say the least, Houdini, we didn't get it, which is obviously why we're back in Chicago doing the podcast together, now going after the dream. But I went in there and asked her, you know, like, why did you decide to go with someone else? And she said, you lacked creativity. Clearly, she'd never seen the choice cuts. I mean, what is she talking about? That one, that one was crushing a little bit, yeah. but it also it also drove me back to you, Houdini, and that's why I weave this entire story into the show. Thank you for asking, Willie. That was an absolute tangent. The chatter's here to stay, man. We're in a we're in a different career now, but we're still doing it. The chatter, baby. Subscribe. Give it yeah. five stars. Give it five stars right now. We're at 128. I want to see 140 by the morning, and I want the comment to say, Chuck, you're a goddamn – you're a hero. You're a hero and creative. Thank you. I thought I thought you were going to end that with – she's like – you're like, why would you go with – you know, why would you go with Stan? And she's going to be like, we know what the fuck you did at Orange Theory, Chuck. We know what you did. You, you stranded a whole class at 5 a.m. You think we weren't going to find out? Yeah, that's what I thought that was. I thought it was a full circle moment. But, yeah, un- uncreative, not creative enough. That's Yeah, they could have said a number of things about you, Chuck. That one, it just isn't true because – and you got to keep – you got the gift to gab. I don't want to be your therapist for you. You got the gift to gab, and that's why we do the chatter. And this keeps you sharp because half the time I can't remember what the fuck I'm saying. I can see you're almost getting that way too today. I had too many Coors Lights. Um, but you got to you got to keep the gift of gab. You got to keep feeding the the. I can't even think what I'm thinking there. You got to keep feeding the creativity monster in you, and that's why we have the chatter. That's why we just have the great segments on the train, off the train. Who could think of that? We that's let it. Your stuff. We let it rip. Who could think of on the train and off the train and the MySpace top five? How original! We could do that. But honestly, Houdini, and this is a shout to you. It, it becomes a lot easier to walk away from something when you know you're still going to do the exact same thing that you want to do. You're just going to do it pro bono. You know, I always wondered growing up, I'm like, these guys doing things pro bono. They're, they're down at the, the girls' high school game, you know, working the microphone at halftime of the, the holiday tournament, going nuts, and everyone's like, what is this freak doing? You got to scratch that itch, baby. It's the only way you can move forward and really feel like you're not, you know, not letting it go. Robot. Yeah, and I mean, I, honestly, the, the goal is for this and for, you know, just the little insider info and with the, the Chatterbox Bearcats is that we can develop something. And that's why, like we said, we need you guys to go into Spotify, go in the podcast app, give us five stars, comment Nicely. How, how amazing we fucking are, okay? And just say it so we can actually start doing this. Uh, I mean, we're going to keep doing it. We're, we're not going anywhere anytime soon, so we're going to keep this up. It would be funny if we, you know, we did this when we're like 65 and we're like, don't let go of the dream, kids. Don't let go of the dream. We've been doing this pro bono for 35 years. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a fun little outlet. And we're going to keep bringing the chatters. Why not? 
the MySpace top five worst Christmas presents ever. Number five, let's go with deodorant. Um, and, and here's the thing. I could be on the train with deodorant if it's a deodorant stick, I guess. Because that's, you know, something that you're not buying every time you go to the store. Sometimes the inventory runs low. You know, you go for it that, that last night before it runs out and there's not enough left to where you have to pull a little bit out of the deodorant and, and, and stick it in there and, and give it one of these, you know, to, to get it to spread around. Um, not me. I've never done that before. I'm just talking. I've, I've seen it before. I've seen people do that. So um, to, to have a fresh one and, and someone do the shopping for you. I don't think it's a horrible gift, but let's go number five, an Axe spray bottle. That would be pretty terrible. Number five. Well, yeah. I mean, aren't they right there insinuating that you smell like ass, too? That, too. If somebody yes, got me yes. deodorant, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, like, I must reek. Thank you. Um, I'll go with any type of food, I, like like actual homemade food. I don't want that. Like, if we're talking, you know restaurant style food or, or good desserts cookies from Kroger whatever sure I'll take it but if like you know Aunt Betty cooks me up like a pot pie and that's my my Christmas gift I am disgust like I'm not eating it okay I don't want any type of food any edible shit for for Christmas obviously I'll take the Reese cup stuff that's pre-wrapped all that good stuff any homemade food I'm out let's go number four a pack of candy canes and um, I don't know if the candy cane is worse than the candy corn. I actually have one on the set. Um, we'll try it live for everyone. I was a sociopathic move to bite it before you. No, I think they're actually pretty good. So I kind of want to take this back, but I already said it. Um, so number four, a big old pack of candy canes. They're solid. My quota is like two per Christmas season. I don't need an entire pack. I sure as hell don't want it for Christmas. That's lazy. You were at the checkout line of Walgreens. You were walking out the door. Nephew Chucky needs a little present. What should we get him? And the only thing sitting there is a is a pack of candy canes. They get you the fruity ones. Maybe it's number five, but number four, a pack of candy canes. Yeah, like the spree ones are good. Uh, gift card to a bad restaurant. Like a, like a fucking Long John Silver's. Like a $25 gift card to Long John Silver's. When it's so easy, just get an Amazon gift card. That essentially is cash. You can buy anything with it. So bad restaurant gift card. I'll throw that at number four. As someone that doesn't have an Amazon account anymore, I would say that's a bad gift too. You got to go Visa. You got to just go on a $100 debit card that works as cash. That's the move. But yes. It's like a transaction fee. Who are the, I don't care. Who are the people out there? You're right. Buying Olive Garden gift cards. You see those Olive Garden ones and like Texas Roadhouse. Like, come on. You're giving me a chore. Yeah, you're, forcing you're giving me you a chore. Yeah. yeah, you're forcing me to drive 15 minutes up to Mason to the to the nearest Olive Garden. Like horrible gift, horrible gift. A uh, number three, a DVD player. No reason to be giving anyone a DVD player anymore. There's a thing called Netflix. There's Hulu. There's HBO Go. There's Amazon Prime. DVD players. No. If you're above the age of 90, I'll let it fly because you're not that in tune with what's going on potentially. Um, and maybe you still think the DVD player's rocking. But I got news for you, Grandma Jones. Grandma Jonas, it's not 2006. Forget the DVD player. That's number three. DVD, I would actually think that's an electric gift at this point. A DVD player, I haven't seen one in like fucking 20 years. Um, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to get in trouble for this because I get these still a lot. I know this is kind of a cliche one, but I'm going to go uh, wool socks because I, I literally have, I think, like 60 pairs of these at this point. My mom, my grandma, every every female in my life, I think, has got me a pair of wool socks for Christmas at some point. Um, so, yeah, we'll go number three, wool socks, specific on this one, wool uh, number two, we're going to go with a sponge. Um, anyone gives me a sponge for Christmas, I demand they leave my presence. Whether they're in my home, even if I'm in their home, I say, you know what, you're going to have to take five minutes. Go out the back door. I don't give a shit what you do. You just gave me a big yellow sponge for Christmas. Number two, a sponge. You open up a sponge and you wonder if the person that gifted it to you has absolutely lost it. And you, you probably call one of their friends right away and you say, a sponge? Really? What, what, what's Jay thinking? A sponge. That, that's a great one. Great, great pick. I mean, that's that's a top tier pick uh, this this low in the draft right now. Um, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with number two um, self-help books. You know, if you're if your aunt gives you a how to build self-esteem for losers book, that can be a little hit to the self-esteem right there. You, you don't want a self-help book is in essence it's supposed to be for self-help you're supposed to seek that out yourself i don't need you know aunt barbara giving me the self-help book i'll do that for number two uh let's go with number one a pack of paintballs for a paintball gun don't be getting someone this that's a very bad gift it's it's extremely niche not many human beings out there have paintball guns. And if you give someone the paintballs, it's just going to sit on the shelf, folks. It's a horrible Christmas gift. What are you thinking? The fact that someone in my life gave me a pack of paintballs. You know who you are listening. What the hell are you doing? A pack of paintballs? You think I own a paintball gun? I haven't been paintball gunning in 15 years. Anyways, number one, a pack of paintballs. Pack of paintballs, man. I did not... You're, you're crushing it with the most random-ass um, items of all time. I'll say one that I actually got was a pre-used nativity set. Um, it was – I think it was a mistake by, you know, obviously Grandma Noni definitely listens to the podcast. Uh, I think she's 92 now, 92. God bless Grandma Noni. I think she just was wrapping shit and just kind of thought that was part of the present pile and just scooped up the nativity set with dust all over it and whatnot, put it, uh, put a little wrapping on top of it, wrote my <laughs> name on it, and I opened it up, and I said, I fucking, I listen, I love it. So this is, you know what, this can't be the worst gift, because that was actually one of my favorite gifts I've ever gotten. So we'll swap that. I'm going to put floss. Well, uh, used okay. floss is the worst gift you can get. Yeah, used Because the nativity used. set, no needs, that was a great gift. We're getting to the age where it is kind of tough for just Christmas gifts where people are like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I, I don't, um, I, I don't have the, you know, the, the 50 item list that you once had and you were like 10. I was like, I could go on for days. I could go on for 24 hours about shit that I want. And now I'm like, um, I mean, maybe I'll do like a new pair of shoes or, um, it gets bad when you're starting to ask for like pots and pans. That's when, you know, like, it's like, my God, I might as well be 60 years old at this point. Um, but yeah, it's getting tough. So there's no, there's no bad gifts. These are all just fantastic gifts that may have just been, you know, at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, there's a, there's so much shit, dude, that you could get. I Like my dad, I think I mentioned this on another one. He went through this thing where he was just getting me um, either like a, 
an appliance. So I had an air fryer, a Instapot, a crock pot, a slow a cooker, maker, an ice yeah. cream maker, a slushy maker. I was like, Dad, Dad, I'm running out of counter space. I'm running out of counter space. I'm 30. Okay. No more snow cone makers. Okay. So he's like, I was going to get you the cotton candy maker this year. It's the grand finale. Yeah, he's, like, oh, what do Tim. You he's like, what do you mean? You love appliances. <laughs> What do you mean you love appliances? Hey, that's the uh, that's the title of the show. It always comes in the last segment for whatever reason. Um, a show that was spent getting some things off my chest um, for when I do come back for the holidays and you do see me at one of the local watering holes potentially. Ask me about the chatter. Tell us about the five star you're going to give us for the for the Christmas season to to make our wish list. That's what we want. Please. We don't want the appliances, Tim. Just give us five star. It's that simple, you know? Houdini and I did not chase the dream together in San Francisco, but we do so in our little bungalows right now on the Chatter Podcast. Presented by Chatterbox Sports. Happy holidays, everyone. Have a great new year. We'll talk to you in 2024.